What's going on, everybody? It's me, Asad Hashmali, back again with another episode of Behind the Grind. Um, and this time, we have a very special guest, someone I've been trying to get in touch with for a long time, someone whose work I've been following for a while, Halima Iqbal. Halima is the founder and CEO of Quran. Halima, how are you? Good, thanks. Thank you so much for having me on the show. My pleasure, my pleasure. Thanks for taking out the time. Um, but uh, how about you introduce yourself a little bit about what Quran is, how it started? Absolutely. So, um, Oran is a women-led, women-first financial technology company. Um, our, our ethos is to provide financial access to um, every woman in Pakistan and then get into their households. It started out with, so my background is in investment banking. I started out my career in Canada and then I moved on to do consulting for large banks. Um, while I was consulting, I was actually building fintech products for your underserved communities like your immigrants or students. And I saw that shift happening from the relationship people had with money. And I always wanted to come back to Pakistan. I was away for about 10 years and one random day I decided I'm moving back. So late 2017, early 2018, I packed up my bags, moved back to Pakistan and I did not come necessarily with an agenda, especially from a finance perspective. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, when I moved here, there were two things that were very, very obvious. One, women in finance are not as many um, as you would like them to be, but also finance for women or access to financial services or financial products in Pakistan is very, very limited. Um, I had a tough, tough time opening up just a basic bank account, um, so much so that uh, multiple banks asked me, why do I need a bank account um, to mm -hmm. a ridiculous amount of KYC documentations, or just background checks to just open up a basic account, which actually started... Um, um, I started researching as to if there's such a massive disparity between the formal economy and the informal economy. And if people don't have access to banking services, how are they saving? How are they banking? How are they taking credit? And that's when I bumped into my um, co-founder of Parva, who has a design background. And she wanted to look at this space more from an experience perspective and design perspective. So we believe that Finance access to financial services is also a design problem in Pakistan. So we both started researching and, and found out that while the large majority doesn't get catered um, from the formal economy, but they've created this entire informal economy of their own or informal mechanisms to bank of their own within their communities. Um, and we started, we started understandings um, and researching more about the problem. Uh, why are these people using committees or rosters um, so, so much? What, what's the reason behind it? Who is the customer? What is the problem you want to solve for? And that's how Oran came about. It started mm -hmm. off as a research project and the pains of going through the financial services in Pakistan. Wow. And I like how it was you guys actually resorted to or started off by pursuing this from a design problem because that's what we don't really look at as well. And I feel like, correct me if I'm wrong, that's also where the banking system has often been flawed, especially in Pakistan, is because it's not very user-centric uh, to begin with. 
Yeah, absolutely. I think from our perspective, it was to design around the customer uh, um, and design with them rather than just put out a product and say, hey, this is what we think is the best solution for you. Um, mm -hmm. So it, it, it was a lot of like, um, focus groups, a lot of pilots, a lot of working with the customer to really understand what do they understand um, in terms when it comes to financial concepts, when it comes to um, building an, a technology-enabled solution. Um, how do they want to interact? What are their limitations and what, what are the things that we should be cognizant of? Uh, when you're building a product, especially when it's folk, when it's women first, right? Like our primary target audience comes, it starts with women and then we go into the, their households. So what is their financial literacy looking like? What is their digital literacy looking like? And how do you build around that? So that was, um, and I mean, that's, it's an ongoing process. It never stops, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, definitely, definitely. That's that's pretty cool, actually. So tell me a little bit about how it went from a research product uh, project into the full-fledged startup that it exists as today. What was Absolutely. that? So, so yeah, so initially we did um, a research across Pakistan uh, with a sample size of about 2,000 people just to understand what that relationship with money looks like. Um, and if there is, if the formal economy is not servicing, how are people banking um, and what are the different alternative mechanisms uh, available to them? And then we went on to, they say, okay, we're based in Karachi, like, let's pick up like 100 people in Karachi and try to really understand that from the different socioeconomic classes. So we would literally go door to door, sit with them, understand their problems, um, understand um, what are the challenges when it comes to <clears throat> interacting with different financial, different not just financial um, products, but also what are the applications that they're using, right? Like if they are on Facebook or WhatsApp, what are the different, how do they use it? To what capacity um, those, those services are being used? What are the mm -hmm. different kinds of um, TV um, dramas that they're watching to really live their lifestyle for a few weeks and months to understand the persona and then start and then we were like okay this is this is this is, this is there is an opportunity there is something around this um, but what how would that translate from a business opportunity perspective so we started running multiple models um, um, to, to understand um, uh, what would be, what would it be that would click with the customer? So it started mm -hmm. off when we very early on realized that um, while there's, a, there's an access issue, but also there's a trust issue. Um, the customer is not trusting the formal financial institutions. So how do you build that trust? Um, and what are the gaps within that? How do you build that brand equity? We started off with like, hey, we want to be able to understand and if you put out some information from a financial literacy perspective, how would the customer react to it? Um, what are the tools required um, to, to convert giving somebody information and then bringing them into the formal space? Like what, what's that bridge looking like or what's that journey looking like so it was a lot of spending time and experimenting with the customer um, mm -hmm. before we came up to like okay this is what the customer wants because 
it was not something that, okay, this is our idea and this is the solution that we came up with. Uh, one thing that's very, very clear across Iran with everybody at Iran, we're mm-hmm. fixated to the problem. Whatever the customer tells us, we'll work around it to build the solution mm-hmm. that penetrates into their lives rather than saying that, okay, this is a solution that we've come up with. We think this is the best way to go about it. Um, mm-hmm. um, so being customer-centric and customer-focused and constantly listening and hearing to them and uh, working with them gave us the solution that, okay, they're looking for some, some kind of a secure platform where they can access capital a lot easier um, mm-hmm. and then build uh, on top of it. So we, we went through that journey, understanding that opportunity from that perspective. Got it. Got it. Okay. All right. So... So I, firstly, I find this very cool because I'm really into like design thinking and running all these different frameworks to understand what the user is going through at every single touch point and throughout the whole problem. But after identifying these roadblocks as well, and you mentioned trust, so you, you tackled the financial literacy aspect of it, or you recognize that that was a big problem. You recognize that there was a trust barrier with the FIs as well. Um, but how did you start overcoming these challenges as well? Because initially before this call, I thought that one of the biggest challenges would actually be to get users onto the platform from a tech perspective. Um, But assuming that that had been solved for, uh, how did you overcome the trust barrier with that initial, um, you know, the, the initial experimentation pool that you had gathered as well? Um, so I think if you are, if you, so there were a couple of things that we realized, right? Like why does the, why does the customer not trust um, the financial institutions? It was very important for us to understand that so that we build a, around it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so we sat with them and we tried to understand, okay, what are the top five things or 10 things that actually uh, breaks that trust? Or why mm-hmm. would you not go into um, so we very quickly started realizing that A, there is a religious sensitivity. So um, Sharia plays a massive role when you're designing products for your middle income to lower middle income um, <clears throat> audiences. And we started realizing, okay, that's one thing that we have to be cognizant of when you're building the product, but also um, being transparent in terms of how the process works, what are the different kinds of fees that are involved, if any. Um, having that open communication channel, especially with your first 100,000 users, you need to have that kind of open communication channel when there is a problem, be able to resolve it, try to communicate Mm -hmm. why that problem is happening um, and give them a solution that that they they require, right? right? Getting access to capital is a big, big problem, but doing it in a way um, that the customer understands it. It's culturally, religiously, socially acceptable for her to take up these kinds of products. And there mm-hmm. is complete transparency in building what you're building. Um, so that though, and and also provide some kind of education as to not be super salesy, like, oh wow, this product is going to solve all your problems. We understand it doesn't solve your problems, but packaging in a um in a way that she's also understanding that this is short term and then I will be able to build and get access to bigger, better capital. Is that mm-hmm. communication putting out to the customer really helps in building that trust and helped in our case at least. 
All right. So Halima, after you like gathered all this information and you spoke to the first hundred thousand um, users as well, what got you to take Quran into its current form? Like, was that a bit, uh, a pivot of sorts? Was that part of the the roadmap that you would start off with committees? Um, how how did it come into being what it is today? Um, the idea always was to be able to find ways to digitize committees. Um, we believe that instead of reinventing the tool, it was um, just digitizing something that is so culturally, religiously, and socially ingrained in our society. Uh, but the model was slightly different when we first started out. It was more on a transactional basis. And very quickly, we started realizing that if you're providing somebody with a tool to manage their own committees, and the payments are not going through you, you don't know the validity of that data. Um, and while we were building, uh, there was always a path to figure out what that monetization looked like. It was actually the customer who started coming to us and asking us for uh, more secure um, ways of doing committees, more digitized ways of doing committees. Um, even though they had their own little pockets. And that was that was a point for us to start, okay, piloting. If we were to bring people together in a group, what would that look like? What are the different kinds of risks involved? Um, what are the different kinds of KYC? We will have to do all of that stuff started coming into place. And we went to market. Uh, we started piloting. We did the pilots for multiple months um, before we went to market in January 2020. Okay. All right. So, so Harima, I want to know a little bit about the evolution as well, right? Now, mm -hmm. um, normally when I sit with guests on behind the grind, especially those that run startups or that have their own businesses as well, I often ask them what gets them to still stay true to their vision, the one that they had mm -hmm. set out initially, right? And looking at what the fintech space is like in Pakistan now, it's it's growing. Um, uh, ease of business has improved as well. Uh, regulations mm -hmm. have, have also, um, you know, the barriers have reduced as well. So keeping in mind that there are many different moves that you could be making, how do you still stay true to what you started off with? Um, I think it's about being focused and every company will go through different kinds of evolution recognizing that, that every every. Um, everything has its time and place for it, but quickly changing focus also very quickly translates into your product and a service that you're going to be able to provide. From in our case, as I mentioned earlier as well, for us, that vision to build um, gender inclusive and gender intentional products um, is 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 very, very much ingrained in anybody and everybody who comes onto the team because we're so fixated with the problem. When you're so fixated with the problem, um, mm -hmm. you're always trying to evolve and trying to figure out how do you best solve that problem. Mm -hmm. um, and that's, that's pretty much true for us. Like while there is a lot of noise happening and while there is a lot of things happening in the ecosystem, not just in Pakistan, but across the world in FinTech, we understand the customer and the customer needs in Pakistan, the way they want to be able to um, um, be addressed in the language at the time that they want to be addressed. 
um, and we build the problem. The problem is so, so massive in Pakistan and there are different segmentations and different kinds of business models coming up, solving for the same problem, which actually makes the vision, which actually makes us more focused on the vision to be able to solve for finance from a more gender inclusive perspective. Okay, all right. Okay, so what's what's in the uh, what's in the pipeline right now? What can we see Iran um, introducing in the next six months or one year, other than just committees? Um, yeah, so we are we're we're very soon launching Iran Wealth, which will allow you to make in micro investments into um, mutual funds. So I'm super mm -hmm. excited about that product as well which is a natural extension to what we're doing right now definitely yeah that does sound i think that's also there's a bit of a void in, in that uh currently right now yeah, um, yeah. very cool very cool so um Harima, just sorry i'm not going to take up too much of your time um but uh looking back at the early days you guys just celebrated your third birthday if i'm not wrong mm -hmm. um how do you think that the startup ecosystem has evolved uh, in Pakistan? Um, when we started out, um, this was when I moved back early 2018, uh, there were hardly any companies. There were hardly any companies in the FinTech space, especially, um, or even the tech ecosystem was extremely, extremely nascent, which meant that um, there is less challenge that you could acquire. There is less investment that you would attract. Mm -hmm. um, and it was just generally a very nascent ecosystem. And I think it's super exciting, which actually gave us a little bit of time to understand the problem more deeply and understand the customer more deeply. Um, but it was, um, it's, it's evolved completely. I mean, the kind of investments that we're seeing in the last few months or uh, since this year um, and, and the kind of business models that are coming up, it's just phenomenal to see how quickly the ecosystem has developed and will continue to develop. Um, so it's very exciting, exciting to, to, to be part of it um, and, and be in this, in this journey with a lot more entrepreneurs coming um, and sharing that story with us, right? Because um, mm -hmm. when you're the only few ones, um, it's, also, it's also difficult, but when you have a community of entrepreneurs and founders around you, the journey is slightly less daunting and less lonely. So it's very mm -hmm. exciting to, to, to be part of this ecosystem and see how it's evolving because it's about time. The opportunity is massive in Pakistan. Right, definitely. And do you think there's something more that could be done over here? Invest more in women. <laughs> we don't have enough women entrepreneurs out there. Um, I think it's it's twofold, right? Like more, mm -hmm. more and more women need to take that kind of risk and open up um, or, or start their companies, but also more and more dollar needs to come and um, fund those companies as well. We, are, we definitely see one, one kind of trend that's happening in Pakistan at this point, and it needs to diversify slightly. <laughs> no, definitely. Yeah. And um, 
please do correct me if I'm wrong, but do you feel like the the ESG investments might coming into Pakistan might actually um, expedite that and lead to you know more female entrepreneurs coming up in the scene, or is that just something that is you know just written there for like a different kind of um, an article heading of sorts? No, I think it will. Um, I think it will definitely um, bring in more. Um, more and more diversity in 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 founders and and the kind of investments we're also attracting. So I think it will be a bit of a shift. Um, but I think I think it's 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 a responsibility on all of us to make sure that we prepare the next set of entrepreneurs um, and investors to 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 fund great companies. Um, and I hope more and more companies come out by um founded by women right fingers crossed um and i think that <laughs> what you just said right now like it's, it's it's on um you as a founder and more like you as well to kind of lay out that 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 tarmac as well for the upcoming founders as well um lead by example absolutely yeah lead by example i think setting precedents um is is important that while it is especially in the spaces that I operate in, right? Like it is mm -hmm. a very male dominated space. We have mm -hmm. seen financial industries and financial products largely made by men for men. And then mm -hmm. that needs to shift and that needs to change. And there's a lot of work that's been happening. Um, recently, there was a banking on equality policy that State Bank came out with super excited about that um, policy and it's a bit of a historic moment as well. The first time the regulator is saying that we need to be gender int intentional and we mm -hmm. need to really solve for this problem. So uh, shift is happening, but shift needs to happen at a faster pace in my opinion. But again, there's time and place for everything. Um, we'll get there. We'll get there. I have very, very high hopes. We will get there. Yeah, But I do, because you mentioned this, this policy as well, like I do want to um, get your thoughts on the target. Right? There was a target set that by 2023, um, at least 20 million women um, must have a bank account, right? Uh, and how do you think? How do you think you could actually, or Iran could actually, work towards that target? Because personally, I'm one to think that well, what the banks should have done, the telcos ended up doing it, um, and now it, it seems to be uh, the same for you guys as well, right? What? Oh. I should have done. Oran has really ended up solving for as well. So how how do you think that you guys could be working towards the target of twenty million women? Absolutely, I think I think we're 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 going to be a very active part in making that target into a reality for the ecosystem. Um, our model is built such that women we do bring women from the informal economy into the formal economy by opening up their bank accounts. That's mm -hmm. how we believe that financial mobility also happens, right? Like it's not just about opening a bank account, it's actually providing access to capital into that bank account. So we think about it from that perspective. We, we think very holistically when designing a solution, like what are the different ways we can get the woman to do what she's very comfortable doing in, but move her slightly up that ladder um, so that she can start taking control of her finances. And it starts with just, basic opening up bank accounts and then probably building that financial identity and then giving her better credit or um, helping her grow her wealth 
all of those things are part and parcel of it, but we're definitely um, going to be a very critical part in moving that needle and helping State Bank achieve that target. Awesome, awesome, all right. Um, so Halima, I have one last question for you. Mm-hmm. Um, if you could go back in time and you could meet your younger self, what would you say to her? Um, be calm. Um, be calm. Be calm. Be calm and be patient. And things will fall into its places. I, I've been um, a very hyperactive um, younger self and worked out a lot worked a lot burnt out quite quite a lot as well so i would i would advise her to be slightly more calm than she was all right awesome awesome is there anything else you'd like to add in anything you'd you'd like to say to um any upcoming founder or leader right now in the space um the journey is long and the journey is hard, but it's also very, very, very fulfilling. Um, you, you just have to build that resilience and that ability to fail and fail fast and get up stronger and do what you're best at, which is building something. So um, this journey is it's 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 very rewarding but also comes with its own setbacks so when you're coming into um this space be mindful of that mm-hmm. i think i need to keep that i need to make a note of that for myself also uh, <laughs> yeah but uh thank you so much for your time halima this was a great conversation thank you for having me asad my pleasure for all those listening this was one of the first few episodes of behind the grind that are audio first and hopefully there's going to be more like that uh podcasts aren't meant to be video in the first place so start downloading whatever app you want to be using and start listening till the next one everybody take care bye bye